welcome. I'm Tommy Moore and I'm a teacher at a bioscience education center and I'm currently studying for my master's degree in neuroscience. This podcast facilitates engagement between clinicians, researchers, mental health practitioners and leaders in psychedelic assisted therapies to provide expert opinions, share research results and ultimately help to educate the public about potential new opportunities in patient treatment. Now, I wanted to start this episode around the fundamentals of psychedelic assisted therapy with a couple of my favorite quotes. And the first quote is by Stanislav Grof, who is an absolute pioneer, has done extensive research in psychedelics. And he said, psychedelics are the study of the mind, what the microscope is to biology and the telescope is to astronomy. And the second quote that I'm sharing with you is by Alan Watts, very famous philosopher. And he said, if you get the message, hang up the phone. For psychedelic drugs are simply instruments like microscopes, telescopes, and telephones. The biologist does not sit with eye permanently glued to the microscope. He goes away and works on what he has seen. In today's discussion, we will provide an overview of psychedelic assisted therapy, including its therapeutic process and the psychedelic experience. This therapeutic approach combines talk therapy and other types of therapy with the ingestion of psychedelic substances such as psilocybin, LSD, or ayahuasca. So we're referring to these classical psychedelics today. The therapy is typically divided into three distinct phases. The preparation phase, the acute psychedelic experience, and the integration phase. During the preparation phase, it's essential to develop a therapeutic alliance and explore the nature of an individual's struggles. The acute psychedelic experience involves the ingestion of the psychedelic compound and the mindset of the patient and the context or environment in which the session takes place is considered paramount. In the integration phase, the therapist facilitates a process of integration where the patient has the opportunity to process, make sense of, and give meaningful expression to their psychedelic experience. So in today's discussion, we will look over the definition of psychedelic assisted therapy, we will look at the three phases of the therapeutic process, which I have just mentioned, and we're going to really highlight the importance of non-psychedelic elements within the therapy. We will discuss set and setting during the psychedelic experience. We will have a look at the effects of psychedelic compounds on brain activity and subjective experience, aka the phenomenology of the experience. And finally, we'll round out this conversation with highlighting some of the need for further research in the field of psychedelic assisted therapy. Okay, so let's start with the therapeutic process. Psychedelic assisted therapy usually involves talk therapy in combination with the ingestion of a classical psychedelic such as psilocybin, LSD, or ayahuasca. Researchers and clinicians often describe three distinct phases of therapy, and I mentioned them just before. The first is the preparation phase, the second is the acute psychedelic experience, and the third is the integration phase. And 
within those three phases, other than the psychedelic experience itself, the non-psychedelic elements of this approach are absolutely essential for both effectiveness and safety. So let's talk about the preparation phase. The preparation phase of psychedelic assisted therapy is a crucial component of the process. During the preparation phase, the therapist assists the patient in building a therapeutic relationship and examines the root of the individual's difficulties. The therapist prepares the patient for the psychedelic session by emphasizing curiosity and ways to remain open to challenging experiences. Because challenging experiences are considered by many in the field to be integral to the therapeutic and personal benefits that follow, the so-called bad trip can be mitigated by an open and trusting approach. So that's the preparation phase. The acute psychedelic experience is the second phase of psychedelic assisted therapy. During this phase, the individual undergoing the session ingests a psychedelic compound, such as psilocybin, LSD, or ayahuasca. And during the acute psychedelic experience, the mindset and environment of the patient during the session are of utmost importance. The session rooms are typically designed to resemble comfortable living rooms, and there are usually two therapists in attendance. The patient can sit or lie on a couch, often encouraged to wear eye shades, and sometimes listen to a carefully selected playlist of music. Music has been shown to enhance the therapeutic effects of the compound and to help patients relax and feel more comfortable during the session. Music can also help guide the patient's experience and provide a sense of continuity and structure to the session. Some clinicians select specific types of music to play during the session, while others allow the patient to choose their own playlist. Research has found that hearing plays an important role in memory consolidation, and this supports the idea that sounds associated with learning can help strengthen memories, particularly during sleep. So listening to the playlist again after the session can help to reinforce insights gained during the psychedelic experience. In any case, the music is often carefully curated and can be an essential component of the psychedelic experience. A common therapeutic approach during the psychedelic sessions is to be non-directive, attentive but usually silent, supporting the emerging process, offering assistance and guidance if needed, listening and responding to the patient when they speak with little analysis of the material. So that's the acute psychedelic experience. During the psychedelic session, the mindset of the individual undergoing the session, which is a complex mix of transient phenomena, such as mood and expectation, as well as enduring phenomena, such as personality and past experience, and the context or environment in which the session takes place, including basic factors such as the comfort and aesthetic quality of the room, as well as more complex factors such as the quality of the relationship with the clinicians and the mood they help to set are all considered paramount. The session rooms are typically designed for comfort and usually there are two therapists in attendance and the session typically lasts for about eight hours. So classical psychedelics activate the serotonin receptor 5-HT2A in the brain 
causing a range of complex changes in brain activity, including reductions in activity in areas like the default mode network, which we've discussed on this podcast before, which is linked with mind wandering and self-reflection, as well as alterations in the way that different areas of the brain connect. However, much of what psychedelics do to brain activity remains to be understood. But if you would like to know more about the neurobiological effects of psychedelics, I will refer you to the episodes I did with Carl Friston, Katrin Preller, and Adam Ghazali. The effects of psychedelics on the mind are also of central relevance to clinical research. The specific features of a psychedelic experience are varied, although certain subjective elements are consistent, including increased empathy, compassion, profound insights about oneself, life, or the world, deep connectedness with other people or things, a sense of meaningfulness, and an altered sense of self. Psychedelic experiences entail an altered state of consciousness, which is often difficult to describe or it's ineffable, but the accompanying insights and perspectives are felt to be more reliable and wise than one's usual understanding of them. These novel perspectives and insights tend to endure beyond the acute stages of the psychedelic session, giving them a unique authority. Then there's the integration phase, which is the third and final phase of psychedelic-assisted therapy. In the integration phase, the therapist guides the patient to process and make sense of their psychedelic experience, allowing them to express their insights and perspectives in a meaningful way. The therapist helps the patient make sense of these insights and more importantly, integrate them into their daily life and work towards long-term positive changes. And this phase is essential in ensuring that the benefits of the therapy are sustained over time. Now, although psychedelic assisted therapies have shown potential in clinical trials, more research is needed to ensure safety and optimize effectiveness. And while classical psychedelics pose only low risks of toxicity or dependence, psychological risks need to be better understood and addressed. Research trials have done well to select appropriate participants and conduct trials in a way to produce impressive levels of safety. However, more work is needed to understand the psychological risks and how to maintain the currently low levels of adverse effects in order to offer these therapies to a larger portion of the population. Several theories have been proposed to explain why psychedelic-assisted therapies may be effective, but more research is necessary to determine which aspects of the therapy are most effective, understand why some people do not respond clinically, and determine what works best for different clinical issues. And this is a historic moment in mental health research and treatment. And there is a surge of interest all around the world and large investments in further exploration of psychedelic assisted research and therapy. And I want to remind you that this platform is shifting towards a community-based podcast that will allow you to actively shape the direction of this platform. I have received some feedback and I'm working to fulfill those requests. So please provide that feedback on social media for guests you'd like me to speak with. Perhaps you could tag them in or topics or concepts to explore. And you're more than welcome to email me through tommy at mindmedicineaustralia.org. 
And I also want to remind you that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for the advice provided by a doctor or other healthcare professional. I am not a psychiatrist or a physician, but even if I was, you shouldn't use the information contained for diagnosing a health problem or disease and should always consult with a doctor or other healthcare professional for medical advice or information about diagnosis and treatment. Thank you very, very much for your time and attention, and I look forward to hearing your feedback.